Market Research Podcast Award is back, and it's time to nominate your favorite Kick-Ass Insights podcast for a chance to win the coveted title of MR Podcast of the Year. Nominations are now open, and they'll stay open through June 30th. Voting will then start July 1st and go through August 12th. Nominate your absolute favorite podcast of the insights industry at littlebirdmarketing.com slash MR dash podcast dash award. The winner will be announced this September at Greenbook's IIEX Behavior. Will your favorite insights podcast make the cut? Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney, CEO and a Little Bird Mama over here. And I'm happy to have with me my other executive VP, Leighton Cordell. Now I know before you meet Leighton, you might think you like me and you've had Ashley LeBlanc on the show <laughs> and you like her, but wait till you get a load of Leighton. So Leighton, welcome to Ponderings from the Perch. Thank you, Priscilla. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> and not be the person editing it. Well, you will have to be the person who edits it later. <laughs> I like that part too. Okay, you do. But uh, something before we get started that not a lot of people know about you is that you wrote the opening music to Ponderings from the Perch and not only wrote it, then you played it on your ukulele and then you whistled the tune and literally you got out of the podcast uh, studio. I don't know, this is years ago. And you're like, yeah, I, I recorded a little ditty for our podcast. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that was a, a blast. And it, some of it was kind of impromptu because we, I just had the ukulele at the office that day. And it was like, let's just see what we can do. Also, fun facts is that sometimes I have my auto harp at the office. And when Leighton worked in our actual physical office, sometimes we would even play the ukulele and the auto harp together. We had, uh, what was it? As the deer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was beautiful, Leighton. <laughs> we'll always have that. Yeah. <laughs> um, although I don't know what to do anymore because you used to tune my auto harp for me all the time. So now I'm left to my own devices. I can appoint someone to that role if you want. Well, you can appoint them all you want. I don't know that they're going to be able to do it, but okay. Well, I invited Leighton on this particular show because we're going to talk about branding. And this is one of the things we like to do on the show is just pull the curtain back and make sure we're all talking about the same thing and also just not embarrass people saying, well, I think I know that, but you know, maybe I'm not quite sure. Are we speaking the same language? So I brought Leighton on because he used to be the creative director and he was that for many years here at Little Bird Marketing. Now he's the executive VP. And so he's in all kinds of strategic conversations with me and leads strategy for companies. And so that big like macro view now is a really great view from which to talk about branding because now it's not just about that design, you know, where we're actually just working on this logo or, you know, the look and feel of this GIF on top of a micro video or something that gets like very, um, you know, minute. But now it's where we have to consider the whole of the company. And it really is important to understand how the brand at large is perceived to the most important and most ideal client um, target. And that kind of branding really could be the written word, which obviously we're a digital content firm, so we're very concerned about the written word. Um, but also we do videos and we do, you know, events and speaking presentations at shows. So the verbal cues that people can understand about your brand are also very important. 
And then, of course, it does encompass the visual that you have so, so, so much experience on. So let's just have a, just a conversation about branding. We want to invite you to listen in, and also you can write us any additional questions you have. But we're not going to get too crazy and complex, but you know, we hope that we'll spark a better conversation that you might be able to go back and have with your team about branding and taking a look about, you know, where your company really needs to go, maybe asking a few critical questions. So I'm just going to start by saying that branding really is that deciding factor (laughs) we're looking to create for our clients so that consumers really are enabled and encouraged and motivated to make that purchase decision. And I have a study that I just read, Leighton, and I'm going to put it in the show notes. I know, actually, I think you and I discussed it a little bit, but it was um, a study that really came out showing that consumers who felt a real connection to a brand actually spent twice as much. So that's what I wanted to kick off the podcast with because maybe I should have not buried the lead and said, does anybody want their customer to buy twice as much from them? Such an impressive stat. It really is. <laughs> so yeah, as far as that's concerned, you know, where, where do you go first, Layton? Well, branding is it's important on an emotional level, and it, it, it certainly is across all those mediums that you talked about. It's written, it's visual, it is, it's, it's like a personality, it's an identity. The way that you would, you know, when I talk to you, I know how you speak, um, I know, I know what you look like. It gives the consumers something that they can identify and relate and connect. Well, I think the opposite, like the worst case scenario of that, would be the bait and switch. Yeah. Right? Like brands come out and say, we're like this, we're like this. And then you call them and, and they're not like that at all. And it's oh, like, yeah. wait a minute, I kind of understood something about your brand because I got the personality, I got the identity, and now I'm being treated completely differently. Yeah. Um, and whether that's I'm being treated worse or I'm being treated better, either way, that brand inconsistency, we don't put up with that in relationships. So I like how you're kind of putting that out in personality because that doesn't work in relationships. Well, guess what? That doesn't work in brand relationships either. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I think about when I think about branding is about memorability, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Is that a word? Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what does it mean in business to be memorable? Because, you know, I do like to refer to a lot of things as a cocktail party. And one of my favorite things about, you know, a cocktail party is that introduction. Can you become memorable to somebody? And can you have the most intriguing and interesting conversation enough to where they'll never forget you? And I think that's one thing that we need to discuss when we talk about really successful branding Um, you know, you look like everybody else, wait a minute, this person stands out. And so, you know, it's the same with brands and we joke around a lot. And we, we, when people ask us, you know, uh, what our company is, or actually when people ask me, what do I do? I say that I work for a sleep improvement agency and (laughs) it's always, (laughs) it's interesting after that. Really? Tell me more. (laughs) So that's a great idea of just kind of showing a little bit of your hand in terms of who you are as a brand, you know, what's that identity, what's that personality, but pulling that onto the idea of being memorable. Now I'm not going to forget this conversation because you framed it up differently and I can explain to you, look, CEOs and people who are in charge of revenue generation, whether they're sales, biz dev people, or marketing managers, if they're in charge of revenue there's something that's happening that's making them not sleep at night. And my agency comes in and gets them sleeping like a baby. 
Well, and I don't know why we say sleep like a baby. For all of you people who work at Little Bird and have babies at home, no, you sleep really comfortably. Where's where's Ashley? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, oh my God, don't sleep like a baby. (laughs) That's really great example though of how the way that you phrase those things, the way that you talk about your company is an example of branding extending out across all different media. You bring an element of fun, an element of surprise, an element of unexpected to even the most overview way that you're discussing the company. It supports every element of what we put out. It is that when people hear it, they recognize, they're like, oh, that sounds like that sounds like little bird marketing. Yeah. And I think that goes in alignment with the brand promise. We promise that, you know, we think this way and we present our company this way, but, you know, we could do this for your brand. Exactly. Right? Yes. It's like when I hand our business card to somebody at conferences, inevitably, inevitably. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my response is always, if we can't do that, we should just pack it up now. Exactly. What you, uh, <laughs> or what's the cobbler thing that you say? The, the cobbler's kids that have no shoes. Right. If this is, this is part of what we do and it should be visible that we do this when we talk about ourselves also. Right. <laughs> we are brand in the, in the, in the way of branding, we are simply shotting our children. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a short break. Are you looking for experts and tools to collect research data worldwide? Global sampling, field management, and data collection are just some of the services that Gazelle Global provides. Visit gazelleglobal.com to learn more about how our expertise can help you unearth quality data that drives meaningful insights. Get your research done anywhere around the world quickly and efficiently. Visit gazelleglobal.com today. Okay, well, one other thing I wanted to talk about before we kind of get into uh, just, I thought maybe we could do some kind of rapid fire, some some thoughts about like when we go to think about a brand strategy for a client, we could, you know, what are some things that come to our mind? But let me give you one last thing I want to say about branding is that I think it gets overlooked a lot about the importance of really strong branding is the idea of getting buy-in from your employees, Like, what is this company about? Do I feel it? Do I own it? Can I get behind it? And a really great brand strategy um, not only gives you your brand identity, but you also are creating a reputable, highly regarded workplace that your 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 employees are like excited to belong, you know, to and excited to be associated with. So. I think that along with, you know, strong branding comes strong employees. And it does make me think about our core values and how they are very tied into our branding. And even, it's super fun, for those of you who have not been at our uh, new office, as you walk up the stairs to our creative pit, all of the stair treads have the core values going up. So as you come in for the morning, it reads, going from the bottom up, care deeply, finish strong, stay gold, and be true. And these are our core values, but they're all done in this beautiful bird look and feel. Thank you, William. It looks really great. (laughs) Um, But it reminds everybody what we're going for every day, and it makes you feel this sense of belonging. And I'm not saying everybody that ever comes through the door is going to participate, but at least we're clear we're hiring, we're firing, we're working for clients in a way that is cohesive and then people understand what would it feel like? What would it be like? What would my day-to-day be if I actually worked for this brand? So 
that's just one of those, like, I think overlooked things. Um, you know, people might say, oh, our brand's fine. Our clients don't need something else. But to your employees, do they yeah. need something to be proud of? It's very holistic. It's the whole, it's the whole thing. Um, personally, it makes a huge difference. Mm. I've, I've been at places before that don't have the branding ironed out. I know what that's like. It makes a huge difference. <laughs> You're also the longest term employee here at Little Bird Marketing. So I think you understanding how our brand fits in with how we talk outside and how we talk inside is super important. So before we go, I just want to hit on a couple of things that maybe could spark some great conversations. Leighton and I talk with clients all the time. We just got off of a Zoom talking with somebody who's having a bit of an identity crisis mm -hmm. and is wondering what they should do in terms of a comprehensive brand strategy. So let's just kind of rapid fire a couple of things that, you know, as soon as someone has that conversation, not necessarily in a particular order, but when that comes up in a conversation, you as a strategist, me as a strategist, what are some avenues we think we might go down and some, some conversations we might need to explore? So I'll kick it off by saying, I like to think right at the beginning of purpose of your brand and um, it does make me kind of fall back to uh, traction. So I don't know if our, my all my listeners have listened to the EOS, which is the entrepreneurial operating system, um, but traction as a method of how we go about our day-to-day -day and do our standard operating procedures, there's a piece in that, which we operate on, <laughs> that talks about what is the actual like raison d'etre for your business and that that needs to be understood. And if somehow that's not in alignment with your brand that's going outside, there's going to be some kind of a problem. And so some purposes are very, like for a nonprofit, it might be a passion, you know, for something. It might also be a cause, you know, and there's a lot of different ways it could go. Um, could be very technical solution. <laughs> that is the purpose of your company. What is the purpose? And so I think kind of just getting locked in on, okay, as simple and as dumb as it sounds, are we all, all of us in the room, very clear about the purpose of this company? And if it's just to make money, okay, but to make money doing what? <laughs> And so kind of digging into that, it, it sounds silly, but sometimes, you know, a client comes to us and wants to talk about some in-stage identity problems that they're having. I realized all of them in the room did not have that purpose conversation to begin with. Yeah. The way that you feel about the work that you do dictates the quality of the work going out. So having purpose behind it's huge. Um, my, my thoughts, there are two that are related. Uh, consistency, which... When you when you have branding established and you execute it correctly, it brings consistency to everything that you do that ties it back to your business so that people recognize it regardless of what medium it's in. Uh, and then inside of that or related to that, the flexibility, because when people hear consistency, there's a very fine line between everything looks identical, everything sounds identical, and having a little bit of wiggle room. But branding builds the wiggle room, shows you the areas where you can be adventurous, the areas where you can take liberties, the areas where you can uh, expand the dialogue that's happening. Uh, it doesn't have to be rigid. It can be flexible. You just have to approach it with that intention. So I, I like that. I love that a lot because, you know, we're kind of a weird unicorn over here at Little Bird Marketing and that we're a creative company and people are often surprised by how many standard operating procedures, how many checklists we have, how many, um, you know, uh, organizational boards, how we are very 
production oriented and very process oriented. And it's really interesting because people often think that creatives, like it's just a chaotic mess. Right. And I'm sure it can be. There are a lot of artists that are a chaotic mess, but you can't run a business that way. And what I always like to remind people is that, you know, you, we have rules and we have standard operating procedures and, and to the branding point, we have branding guidelines, not mm-hmm. because we can't venture out and expand it so that we don't have to keep putting brain power on what that consistency measure is. Exactly. And we can put the creative brain power on the flexibility issue that you talked about. I think that's super awesome because if you, if you have to every time rethink your font. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, it's so much wasted oh brain God. power. <laughs> oh, yeah. which shade of orange? If you had to think about that every time, you'd get nothing done. But if the shade of orange that you're going to use is good to go, then you can try orange. And if it doesn't work on this piece, you move on and say, well, I'm going to have to find a different, you know, complementary color here because this doesn't look good or it's starting to look the same. And then you can have something fun. And I'll give another interesting point to this, you know, that like just for example, let's say these are your set five brand colors and pink does not figure into them, but maybe it's breast cancer awareness month. Well, maybe that brand has the flexibility to completely jump outside of the branding guidelines and go pink for the month. And I use that just because I think that's a very vernacular understanding that that doesn't freak people out. You know, it's Pride Month. So you see Twitter, you know, their whole, you know, logo is a is a rainbow or, you know, so this is not weird. People see brands do this. But if Twitter changed their logo every month, nobody would understand that the, the you know, rainbow is momentary. Right. So you think about that with your brand too. If you can get consistent, but yet once the consistency is there, have that built-in flexibility, it can be a really beautiful and powerful thing that makes people, you know, have a little bit of fun and engagement with your brand. But also it does speak a little bit to the approachability of your brand, that it's, you know, that there's something that, that there's something up for discussion, I think. Yeah. No, no robots allowed. Right. <laughs> well, speaking of no robots, one one I was going to kind of throw in there is emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and emotion can be conveyed uh, in, you know, in words, in, in the visuals. Um, obviously, you know, Corey on our team does an amazing job with video. Oh, and yeah. that emotion just seeps out of that, uh, that video. I'll have to put a couple of my favorites in the show notes here of just Definitely. ones that I just went. Oh, a little tear is coming down my eye. <laughs> well, it's powerful. It really is. He's tugging at the heartstrings, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think the same things can be said for an amazing, you know, photo. I think yeah. of a, a shot that uh, Jared took in Puerto Rico on a golf course, and it makes me just kind of like, uh, I want to be there. <laughs> you know? yeah. Or he's taken gorgeous ones of, you know, wonders of wildlife, aquarium, and just that wonder. You know, he he seems to be able to set that stage so that someone can showcase their brand in a way that also draws you in to an emotion. So, you know, I think that's a really good example. You think about Bass Pro and Wonders Wildlife, you know, they are trying to get that wonder out of a kid, like, you know, the amazement and the, you know, take you like in Puerto Rico, you know, that was a Puerto Rico tourism board, you know, of saying, you know, can I take you somewhere you really want to see, like (laughs) something that you don't get to see every day. So I think that emotion is really important. And we need to make sure that if we're doing that on video or photo, are we also doing that with the way that we're writing? And, you know, are we doing that with even just the static visuals that, that come up? Um, Yep. Across the board, 
in in various permutations. Um, mm-hmm. Jared's work uh, a lot of times ends up making me hungry, which is <laughs> related to emotion, but not exactly emotion. <laughs> right. It's more of a visceral response I'm having. <laughs> yeah, those ones at uh, Andy B's where they're pouring the drinks and everything. Yes. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so thirsty right yes. now. And by thirsty, I mean martini. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, um, we already touched a little bit on the idea of loyalty, you know, in the opening, saying that sometimes that's the deciding factor. If they feel an emotion, it can, you know, uh, call to mind certain loyalties. Um, But we do know that there's a really deep conversation to have there. People have, you know, generational loyalties to certain brands. Oh, yeah. Um, But I do think that we have to take a lot of that with a grain of salt anymore. We've had such a crazy disruption through the pandemic, we're in the middle of a disruption with slot supply chain, uh, you know, and just brand availability is an issue. Um, at this point, when you go online to buy something, you're kind of at the point where you're like, I'll buy what's available. Yeah. <laughs> right? So brands have to be very, very careful in these really troubled waters. And then we have inflation now coming, and it's always going to be something. It doesn't matter what it is. It brands is. need to think about, you know, their loyalty and are they actually tapping in to things that will drive that loyalty? And all the things that we talked about obviously play into that loyalty or not. Yeah, there's been there's been a lot of change lately that has caused many consumers to shift loyalties or have, you know, at least temporary changes in loyalty based on availability. And that's unavoidable. And an entire wave of, you know, fallout from pandemic is definitely enough to make those types of changes. Uh, But it also calls into question sometimes the the competitive awareness. When you say competitive awareness, I think about like, where does this brand belong on the landscape? And are you too close? Are you too far away? Um, You know, this is an interesting thing. I'm glad you brought up competitive awareness because many times when we do a comprehensive brand strategy and Mm -hmm. I actually say, great, give me a list of your competitors. And I'm not asking that, and that's the exhaustive list, because believe me, <laughs> you know this. They yeah. give me a list of their competitors. I'm like, yeah, those aren't your competitors at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to know who they think you know, are their competitors. And then yeah. we want to go out and say, well, you say that. But if I really look at SEO, let's say for if we're doing an online evaluation, if I look at SEO, let me tell you who's actually competing with right. you. <laughs> yes. And let's take a look at these websites because at this point you cannot afford to be ignorant about the competitive landscape. And you know what we want to do is find out well how are you different and where do you fit you know in your particular marketplace. Yes. And then can we set that castle? Is it something we can own and build up, you know, and can it be mm-hmm. very very sturdy? Can yeah. we you know, can we use, you know, maybe maybe not surf labor, but can we build this up <laughs> in a reputable way? <laughs> and then can we build a moat around it? The dragon is optional to <laughs> to guard the the castle. But you know, I really do think about that like what where's our castle and can we build a very very big competitive moat around us to secure our place in the marketplace. Now, the answer is not always yes. You can't always. And sometimes a Me Too brand has a place. But what's important is that if you think you have an incredible competitive moat and you don't, that's that's really the problem. That is, indeed. <laughs> okay, so 
obviously, if something we've said has, you know, made you want to cry, we're sorry. And also, if you're hungry and also thirsty, we're also sorry. (laughs) But if it's time for an objective evaluation of how your target market perceives your brand and how your employees perceive your brand, and if that your brand is in alignment with your promise and uh, and your goals, we would love to have a chat with you. But I do want to give uh, one other great uh, resource. We have this one brand blog that we wrote years and years ago. I know you're going to crack up late. It always ends up at the top, you know, list of of blogs that people are reading on our site. And it's older than the hills, but obviously we struck a nerve. And it's really about evaluating if it's time for a glow up. Yes. (laughs) Of your brand, right? So if 1982 is calling and wants their brand back, you probably (laughs) should be coming to us. (laughs) And we would love to hear from you. From all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day. Check that branding and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.